It's The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel and Angie Taylor. Hello, good evening. Welcome to The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. Simon Marcel, bonjour. Bonsoir, good evening, Angie Taylor. Bonsoir, we are in the Oula La Studios. We're going to talk about love, marriage, relationships, romance, mm-hmm. dating. We have a lot to cover today. We're talking about deal breakers and your birth order affecting how you are in relationships. I found something really interesting that yeah, I want to talk I'm, to you yeah, about. Yeah, I want to hear about that. Yeah, also, I want to make sure that we have all our listeners go to our website, tonightsimonandangie.com. Why? Mm-hmm. Because we want to send you to Vegas, Vegas, baby. That's right. We want to send you to see Jennifer Lopez. It's the Vegas flyaway for her Las Vegas residency at the Axis Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. All I have, that's the name of her show. I want to see that show so bad. Tickets are on sale now through October 7th, 2017. I'll have to buy my own tickets, but we want you to go for free. <laughs> Trip for two. For you and whoever you want to take, round trip, two-night stay at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino, tickets to see J-Lo, the show, and then the best part is that you get to go backstage and you get to meet and greet with J-Lo. Yes. And she is beautiful. I've met J-Lo before. She is sweet. Yes. I love her. She's funny. You can enter at Mm simonandangie.com. When we come back. Let's talk about marriage, Simon. Mm -hmm, Love and marriage. Mistakes that people make in marriages. I've made some mistakes. Mm -hmm. I think we all make mistakes Mm -hmm. in marriages. Um, Let's talk about some of that and uh, ways to get over those humps. That's coming up on The Rendezvous. For The Rendezvous, Jennifer Lopez, All I Have, Las Vegas Sweepstakes, No Purchase Necessary. Void in Alaska, Hawaii, and where prohibited. Open to legal residents of the contiguous United States and District of Columbia, age 21 and older. Sweepstakes ends at 9.59 a.m. Eastern Time, April 30th, 2017. Welcome back to The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. We're talking about mistakes married people make because, you know, even some of the best marriages, you know, people can make some mistakes. I've made mistakes. Mm -hmm. Even smart couples make mistakes. Researchers (laughs) say you have to have this quality in common as a couple in order to make it for the long haul. What do you think the one most important quality for a couple to have is, Simon, so they can make it forever? Trust each other. Trust is a really good one. They're saying, though, sense of humor is the most important thing in your relationship. Uh, The type of sense of humor that boosts happiness, well-being, brings people together, all about finding common ground, shared stories. When you can both laugh about things together, then you're naturally going to bond and be a stronger couple. It'll help you through some of those really hard times as well. But to make my point... Some of us are not funny. Some of us are funny. Some of us can acquire a sense of humor. Some of us will never will. When it comes to trust, it's a matter of will and decision. Yes, right? I agree. But when it comes to sense of humor, sometimes you don't have it. Sometimes you have to just make sure that you try to keep things light, though. That's, yeah, that's key. Things can get really heavy and in marriages, and, and it can bring you down if there's constantly problems, if you're stressing over finances, or the love life is off, or the kids are driving you crazy. <laughs> Teenagers. Teenagers, the babies. you got to find a way sometimes to uh, make sure that you have a sense of humor. My husband and I... I think we laugh together every single day. You do? It helps that he's very funny. Um, we also like to tease each other, but it's it's playful teasing. It's never like mean, malicious teasing. You know, like I'll say something. My husband, Never? Um, if it gets that way, <laughs> one just, of us will say something. Trust I'm, me, I'm if, just, it, if it goes too far. I'm just teasing, teasing he, you. If he leaves his half-empty water bottles all over the house, I'll be like, oh, my God, this half-empty water bottle collection. You know, make a joke <laughs> out of sometimes things that are bothering you instead of just nitpicking on people. That's good. But, and you're a funny person, so. That, you think that, so? I, I know so. 
Walk I spent walk every night with you. Yeah. So. Um, marriages can be hard, though. Um, I, I know I, I, one of my biggest problems, I think, anyway, is that I'm real quick to react. Um, I have this very snap. Impulsive. Impulsive. Before I think, my mouth starts going, <laughs> whereas my husband's a little bit more thoughtful and will assess a situation and think of the best way to approach it and put a, you know together a PowerPoint presentation. No, he's just very thorough about how he approaches problems, whereas I am very reactive. And, that's and emotional. And emotional. Being an emotional woman is not easy. Have you been in relationships before? Where, how do you handle problems in your relationships? Are you a reactive? I, I don't see you as that. I'm a very calm person, very calm. step by step, calm. And a really rare, I don't remember being, you know, yelling or never. I'm a very calm person. How do you handle being with someone that's a yeller? Have you been I with? I slow down the rhythm. Yeah. So when uh, I'm in front of somebody or I date somebody who's too tense or too yelling, or in t- I, I just slow down the pace of everything. What do you think about um, people who are fighting if, if they're having, you know, problems uh, like let's say that they they always say you should never go to bed angry, which I've never really subscribed to that theory because I think sometimes you are angry. And if you're trying to force, you know, that you're right or whatever, that sometimes you need to sleep on things and get a, a clear perspective in the morning. And that's when you sleep on the couch and, and you're happy to do so, because I think it's better to sleep separately these those, these nights. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then kind of you better Work in the morning. Yeah. When, because I don't answer an aggression by an aggression or. And never answer on the heat of the moment, right? Never, never. And that's one of the problems. They say that you're staying up too late to resolve it. you got to wait till morning. Um, assuming the rough patch is the end of the world, if people that throw around that divorce word, you know, that's you, that just can't even be an option. And you have to know that you're going to get through it no matter what. Um, waiting until you're in the mood to have sex. Um, ah, what do you think of that? Well, I agree with that. I mean, sometimes they, what do they say? If you don't use it, you'll lose it. I mean, sometimes you just have to kind of like get it going um, and then hope that you get in the mood. But if you sit around and wait, it could be weeks before you feel like you're in the mood. Some people are still waiting years later. Yeah, oh, years later. There's some people, for sure, dry spell for years. Oh, my gosh, that would be awful. There's a lot of mistakes that we can make in marriages. Let's keep talking about these. I have a lot of them, and we'll go to the phones as well. Make sure you give us a call if you want to chat about any of these uh, marriage issues. If you have some, 855-905-8255. This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. We all make mistakes in relationships. Mm-hmm. Even if we're smart couples, we know how to do this. You still make some mistakes maybe in your marriage. We were talking about, uh, you know, staying up late, trying to resolve an argument. Sometimes it's better if you just sleep on it. Yeah. Try again in the morning. Trying to uh, mind read people. Uh, try you, Then your mind can race away from you and you start assuming there's problems there when uh-huh. there's not. So communication is really important. Putting off kind gestures. Um, oh, I like that. Kindness. I, I I'm, like I'm a sucker this. for kindness. Yeah, just like little tiny things, though, can make such a big difference. Um, you know, if you're overwhelmed with work and kids and, you know, cleaning the house and all of those things, you know, what if your partner cooks more, helps you out there? Or... But you, you're a pretty kind person, Angie, because uh, when I arrived to Chicago, you, you, you were very greeting and welcoming and uh, and and I and nobody does that. So you don't think so? No, most people don't. I, I mean, and and you went with our producer Jill. I know uh, at the beginning uh, with some stores to help. I thought it was super kind. And so you're a very kind person. The way you with your friends and 
Well, you're very kind and generous, too. And I think it all goes with you treat people how you want to be treated. And I think that's the same in a marriage. I treat my husband the way I want to be treated. When you said little things, I'll I'll tell you that little story. Angie gave me for my phone a little cover. And out of the blue, you you got it for me. And and I thought it was very nice. And that's very you, the spontaneous kindness. It's rare, Angie. I take notes on what people say they like. Like if if they're into something like, oh, I really like that. Or, oh, I love this artist or singer or whatever. I try to take notes on that and... Surprise. I love giving surprises. Yeah, you are I, like I, that. I like getting surprises. It's one of my most favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones, talk about some marriage drama, things, mistakes maybe that you're making that you have made. 855-905-8255 when we return on The Rendezvous. Welcome to The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. So we're talking about mistakes people make in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones from Newark, Delaware. Say hello to Alexandra. Hello. Alexandra, bonjour. Hi, guys. Bonjour. I'm so glad to talk with you guys. I really, really like the show. Thank oh, you very much, thank Alexandra. You. Thank you. What is up? Um, well, yeah, you're talking about mistakes in marriages. So my husband and I have been married for three years, and like he has this thing where like he walks around with tea, and then he'll leave like the tea bags. Like on the counter, in the bathroom. Uh, this is such a Sex in the City episode. Do you remember that? So yeah, like he'll, oh, no di- you know, he'll be steeping his tea with tea bags, and then he leaves the bags, and they stain. Uh, wow, so, and you never said anything to him about that. Well, I mean, like in the beginning, I mentioned it. And I was like, "Hey, honey, can you not do that?" And then he would like not do it for a while, but then he would continue to do it. I think it's just something that he's done for like his whole life, and right. But then, like, it would build up, you know, because then the, it's that, and then like I start thinking about other things, like oh, like the trash, the dishes, mm-hmm. and it just I started getting like kind of resentful. Simon, I think it's hard for women sometimes because with Alexandra, I can understand like the small things you don't want to sit, you don't want to say something all the time because then you get this tag of the naggy wife. So you don't want to say anything about the little things and then you build resentment. And then when you have a fight, all of a sudden you're rattling off 500 things that annoy you because you've been saving this energy. The thing is, I hear from guys, married guys, that when wives are called Nags. Nags. Yeah. It's because you feel on trial. Guys don't remember, right? We do not pay attention to detail that much. So we think like we're being put on trial. And you say, by the way, three weeks ago, you put the tea bag there. Two weeks ago, you put the glass there. So I think it's better to do it little by little than a huge conversation when you remind everything or any guy feels on trial. Just say it when it comes up. Yeah. Hey, what's up with that? Mm. And that's it. And that's a small little argument. It doesn't inflame Mm -hmm. to a war. You know, I think as a woman, you never want to be like the nag. Two times, never do that when he comes home from work and never do that on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. Because that's the, two, that's the two times in the day we are grumpy. Okay. Alexandra, thanks, thanks. Good point. Thank you so much for calling The Rendezvous. Appreciate Good luck. It. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. More of The Rendezvous when we come back. This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. All sorts of love, relationship, dating, marriage, talk on this show all the time. All the ooh-la-la. We talk about that. Talk about romance. Romance. And now we're talking about mistakes that even smart couples can make in marriages. We all screw up from time to time in relationships. And and Angie, I mean, I want to ask you um, a couple questions because so I can learn uh, since I've never been married yet. Yet. Um, We're going to change that. Just for the background, you've met Jason eight years ago, something like that. Yes. And you've been married for six. Yes. Okay. So what mistakes have you done that you could tell me like that you regret and you've learned from? Oh. Starting once you got married, not before. Things you said, Simon, you know, this is what I did. 
Yeah. And this is what I do better. Well, I can tell you that, you know, growing up in a in a household where there were no healthy examples of love, relationships, marriage, it was very volatile. Everybody was divorced, yelling, fighting all the time. It was hard to navigate how to have healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also a lot of, of abandonment issues in my life. So always there was this. You know, I knew one way to solve problems, and it was yelling and screaming and fighting. That's just what I grew up in. Yelling, fighting. and Yeah, so and reacting, you know, and everybody playing a victim. So I had to really – I'm still, like, trying to struggle with that part. But the abandonment thing, when Jason and I first uh, got together and we were living together, there was – the abandonment thing translated into suspicion. Like, he's going to leave me for somebody else. He's cheating. You know, he's always, I was afraid he was always going to leave. And there was one point in our marriage very early on during an argument where he looked at me and said, I'm never leaving. So stop like being paranoid and stop being suspicious. And you remember that scene? Don't snoo- I remember it crystal clear because I think it's something that I maybe was dying to hear my entire life, whether it be from a dad (laughs) who had left or friends that had left or, you know, um, any relationship. So to me, that was such a breakthrough moment to know that no matter what we go through, he's not leaving. We're going to fix it. We're, it might take forever, but we're going to fix it and did, we're going to figure it out together. Did you cry when he said oh that? Oh, my God. It was a river of tears. And I, it, it seems so simple to tell someone that and to trust it is another thing. I really trusted him when he said, I am not leaving. We are in this together. We are married. We're not going anywhere. The beauty is your intuition on that and your subconscious picked up that he was telling you the truth. Yeah. Right? And that's why it like broke something inside of you. And made room for so much love. And, and it made me feel safe. So g- give me a funny example, like looking back of you getting too in his face too fast or something, oh my like, goodness. something funny or silly. Okay, so I remember one time, because uh, he travels a lot for work, and there was this girl that I, during my snooping, <laughs> I saw that he had some like past journal and read that he had a crush on this girl and he worked with her. Uh-huh. So he was going to L.A. where she was. Yes. You know, it was a big, off, uh, big company thing. Uh. And in my mind, all I'm thinking is he used to have a crush on her 10 years ago. He's going to go to L.A. They're going to sleep together. It's going to be over. We were fighting. And I I never told him that that's what I was feeling because then I would have to admit I was snooping, right? And I wasn't about to do that. Um, So instead, it manifested into all these other ways of picking at him and turning into a big fight. And he and I were going back and forth. And I remember me just being belligerent and like, you don't understand me. And I locked myself in the bathroom. And you I did. Yeah, I did. And I sat on the floor and just sat there and cried while he was on the other side of the door going, open the door. And I'm like, no. So it just turned into this whole thing. <laughs> I believe after that ridiculous display was the conversation of I'm not going anywhere. Did you ever tell him that story of why? No. No. Until tonight, nope. he doesn't know. Nope. And I've, I've found out that he listens to the show a lot. <laughs> Good. And every now and then, he'll pull out this thing that he heard me say, like, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, maybe you should stop listening to this show. It's fine. But he did know that I snooped out one time. I don't think he knew that particular story. But I learned my lesson. <laughs> I learned my lesson. And that's a mistake you can make in your marriage. Stop snooping. Oh, and any, any relationships, by any the relationship. way. No snooping is stealing, okay? <laughs> don't steal. Snooping is not a good thing. Okay, we're going to go to the phones. We're going to take your calls. We're going to dish out some advice. That's coming up on The Rendezvous. 
This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. We've been talking about uh, mistakes you make in marriages. I told you about yes. the things I've done. Yes. Now, I want to ask, you know, as a guy, and to learn from you and Jason, Jason is your husband. Yes, Simon. Look, look back. Jason, what mistakes, silly or big, he's made as a husband? Mm-hmm. And in repair it sense, that you, it comes back to your mind like, like you know. Oh, well, I, I think it's a mistake that we kind of keep making. It's We have an issue when we argue because... We, I mean, I don't know if he understands how to let things go because if he's right, he's mm-hmm. going to keep drilling it in and drilling it and like repeating himself. And I'm like, I got it. You don't have to keep explaining it like I'm two years old. I get it. Oh, I make the same mistake. Oh. I am guilty of that, Angie. Oh, because you did this and then you did this. And I don't like when you do it like that because blah, blah, blah. It's like, I get it. <laughs> okay, I got it. You don't like it. I'll stop. So don't over insist. Don't over insist and, and stop. O- yes. And, you know, like when it's over, when the argument's over, let it be over and okay. stop like dragging it out. You know what I mean? That's a great one. I'm you do of that. that. You do that. Have, yeah. When I'm right, I have a little tendency to, to drill it. Right. To no end. You're spiking the ball. You're doing the, the touchdown dance. Yeah. You're letting it go. And you're God. taking a lap yeah. around the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then and another example where. You know, as a guy, he doesn't understand you as a woman. Something that you feel we could all do better. That, yeah. What would that be? Um, To understand me as a woman? Yes. That's- <sighs> oh, my gosh. Probably the, uh, just my tendency to be, you know, emotional and overreact. I overreact sometimes. And it's hard when you're a passionate person or an emotional person. Um, that's just who I am, and it, 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 I'm working on it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's it's something all of us men have right. to realize and learn, because yep. not just you, all women are more or less emotional. And we tend to overact sometimes. So Sometimes it's valid, though, <laughs> just FYI. Thanks oh. for sharing, Angie. I love those stories, those, those yeah. stories of you and Jason. Good. Well, let's, let's talk more about you now. We're going to flip it, and we're, we're actually going to talk about everybody. We're talking about how you deal with relationships based on your birth order, like, are you the oldest? Are you the only child? Are you the middle? Are you a twin? Interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting, and it says a lot. So let's talk about that when we come back on The Rendezvous. Welcome back to The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. Simon, in your family dynamic with mm-hmm. you and your sibling, you have a brother and a sister. Benjamin is my younger brother. Judith is my older sister. I'm the middle. You're the middle child. I'm the middle child. I don't know child. why I thought you were the oldest. I'm the oldest no. in my family. Okay. There's, they're all half-siblings, but How I many mean, siblings do you have? Three, so a younger sister and then two younger brothers. Okay. So I'm the oldest. So apparently where you are in that family dynamic there says a lot about how you handle relationships. The number of siblings that we have and where we are in the birth order help form our personalities and what we see in our family. Uh, We learn about relationships from interacting with our family, how to communicate, how to fight, how to even love. So let's talk about where you are with your siblings. You are the middle child, Simon. Yeah. This is what it says about all you middle kids. Let's, let's hear it. You're the family mediator and the one who tries to keep everybody together. True. Uh, you've got feelings that must be acknowledged, understood, and respected because there were too many times growing up where you felt like you weren't being heard, you know, being in the middle there. So that's a number one okay. requirement that you okay. need from a romantic partner. Yep. You're not attracted to someone who's unfeeling like a brick wall. And you won't tolerate mind games or someone who's deliberately withholding or ignores your needs for their own. So did you feel like being in the middle, like it was always about everybody else and you had to fight for attention? I would say we all had to fight for attention, Mm -hmm. not just me, all of us. Mm -hmm. I I think my parents were so busy and and they're very famous in France. And so 
I think it was there was no preference. Right. We all received the same amount. Right. We all wanted more. And you want to be heard. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I guess. So that's you true. need that from somebody. They need to understand you and really listen. Right. Uh, it's true. Yeah. And yeah. And it's calm, interesting. Calmly, because I've never seen my parents fight once. See, that's good. Never. And, yeah. Everything is calm at my house. I love that. Yeah. And that's probably why you have such a calm presence oh, about you. I did not receive agitation when I was little. Yeah. I received calmness and understanding from my parents. And you deliver that now, so, which yeah, it's in see, me. It's already making sense. So we have everybody else, the youngest child, the oldest child. If you're a twin, the only child, we'll talk about you when we come back on The Rendezvous. You're listening to The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. We're talking about how your birth order really determines how you handle yourself in relationships. If you're the oldest kid mm-hmm. in, among your siblings or the middle child or the youngest, everybody is different mm-hmm. um, because the way you grew up in that dynamic really dictates how you handle your relationships. Our producer, Jill, did you say you were the oldest or the youngest? Okay. You're the young. Okay, so there's two sisters. Jill and her sister. So let's talk about if you're the baby, you're the youngest child, like okay. our producer. Uh, you learn how to work the system early on. You like to experience new things, new challenges. You tend to be somewhat of a risk taker, and you're up for almost anything. So your partner needs to be similarly open-minded and upbeat. You don't go for overly negative people because you don't want to be brought down by their drama. Uh-huh. Uh, you tend to look at the brighter side of life. And the last thing you need is someone who demands that you look at things in a more realistic way. Um, that's pretty interesting. Do you feel like that's true, Producer Jill? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she says that's true. And she is like, you know, um, energetic, dynamic risk-taking. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And nobody likes drama around them. So it's <laughs> a good, I can understand that. Okay. So if you are, let's see, an only child, mm-hmm. um, an only child, that would be kind of hard. But then again, you know, you're used to being a little catered to being the only child, I think, in your home. So if you're an only child, you want a partner who's creative and artistic, but you want to be the star because you're used to being the star. Mm-hmm. Mommy and daddy mm-hmm. had all the attention on you. You need a lot of stimulation in your relationship. You need a partner who is never boring, but is still dependable, reliable, and stable. They're going to have to find a way to incorporate themselves into your life uh-huh. and not the other way around. Uh, you know you can be challenging, but you're also worth it. I think that's pretty cool. Um, if you're the firstborn child, that's me. I'm the oldest. I'm all ears. Oh, boy. Uh, what you need is someone who can not just be a partner and a lover, but someone who is your advocate and has your back. I'm never leaving, remember? <laughs> uh, Jason. Uh, yeah. They need to be trustworthy, dependable, uh, decisive. You have no patience for people who can't make up their minds or who are slow to take action. Uh, you can't stand it when someone has an indifferent take on life. You'd rather have someone loyal than someone who's too laid back. You want to be a partner, not a parent. Uh-huh. And that's so true because being the oldest, when you have younger siblings, sometimes you are kind of like the other parent to them. They'll go to you before they go to your parents, or your parents will be like, hey, will you watch the kids? You know, you're the oldest. Can you right, babysit right. the kids tonight? So you do feel like you're parenting. Uh, a lot of your life. Um, let's see. We already did you, the mm-hmm. middle child. So now let's talk about if you are a twin. This is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. As someone who's had a strong connection to another person from birth, you look to repeat that kind of closeness with a partner. So you want somebody mm-hmm. that's just like your twin, basically. Uh, you need to have that closeness. You need someone who appreciates your uniqueness. Because you don't feel unique your whole life when you're a twin. And so you need somebody to see that you are unique. Um, But you also need to find your true soulmate. No matter how hard you try, if they're not fully into you, then your relationship just isn't going to work. 
that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, your family dynamics play into everything. And um, I, 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 did you find that yours was was pretty right on being the middle child? I, yeah, I think I think that the, being the middle child. Listen, I'm the only one with no kids. My my um, brother and sister have two kids each. Right. Uh, I'm the one living in America. Everybody's back in France. So I don't know if all everybody being a middle child has feel like you know a bit different. But I've definitely took a different road. You're just standing out. You're standing yeah, out. Then my brother and sister who are in Paris, you know, been either married, my sister's divorced now, mm-hmm. with kids, and look at me. And so, yeah. look, so I don't know. If, if you're a middle child, that's a great question my, to answer to yourself. My sister was a middle child as well, and she is the one that's always the mediator and always trying to make the situation calm whenever there was fighting in our house. She, I am like that. Yeah, she didn't like it to have that around her, so... I can understand that. It's she's very neutral. Like we all must get along. Everybody, kumbaya. <laughs> if you want to see the list, if you didn't hear your birth order, what it means about you, I think it's really interesting. That list is on simonandangie.com. We take emails there all the time too. So let's do some of that when we come mm-hmm. back. Bonjour, Simon Marcel. Bonjour. We'll take an email question for you, Simon. Coming up on the rendezvous. This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. Simonandangie.com is mm-hmm. where you can send in any questions if you need advice, love, dating, relationships. We have someone here mm-hmm. who wrote it to Bonjour, Simon Marcel. Bon- yes, go ahead. You can say hello. I said bonjour, Tanya. Bonjour, Tanya, from Washington, D.C. She says bonjour, Simon Marcel. Bonjour, bonjour. My boyfriend posted a photo of a new pair of sneakers that he bought on his Facebook page, mm-hmm. so I commented that next time he should buy his girlfriend a pair, (laughs) meaning me. Uh, Within a few minutes, he deleted my comment. I haven't asked him why yet because I don't want to seem petty and start a fight, but don't you think that's kind of shady? I mean, why would he delete my comment if he wasn't trying to hide me? Should I ask him about it? That's really strange that he would delete a comment about sneakers. No, so, okay, Tanya, here's why I'm going to defend him on this one. I think he deleted it because it makes you... It makes you look like somebody very needy. 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 And, and he protected your image because, I mean, if I'm listening, I was just, you know, Angie was reading your email and I said to myself, I could picture it as a guy looking on Facebook and then you would say, buy me a pair too. It was like, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think he protected you by deleting this comment and it's not against you. It's in, in your favor. I think thing like this, I would not post, you buy me one too. I I yeah. don't know what you think, Angela. I mean, we're one. talking about shoes. I agree with you, Simon. I think he probably it's was thinking it wasn't a, a good materialistic. look. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. And so, I mean, if he's showing you off as his girlfriend in every other way, like why why yeah. would he hide you there? <laughs> and I recommend when it comes to buy me anything to do it privately, not yeah. on social media. Otherwise, it really makes you look materialistic or, you know. Uh, material girl, as Madonna used to say. Was she was a material girl? Yeah, that. in a material world. Exactly. Yeah. And so, anyway, Tanya, I think you can really relax let it about go. this. Yeah, let it go. It was it was in, in your favor to protect you. I agree with you, Simon. Let it go. <laughs> okay. When we come back, we're gonna go to another email. Mm-hmm. More advice on date or, or dump. dump. When we return on the rendezvous. This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie, taking your emails all the time at Mm simonandangie.com. Now we're going to go to date or Or dump. dump. Somebody wants to know if they should stay in a relationship or dump them. Uh, This comes to us from Terrence from Wilmington, North Carolina. He says, hi, Simon and Angie. 
My girl and I went to a party the other night. She was real tipsy, ended up making out with another guy. I saw it happening, and I ended up getting into a fight with the guy over it. Well, now she's calling me crying, telling me she's sorry. She had no idea what she was doing, but I can't unsee what happened. Do you think I should date or dump her? Simon, what do you think? Terrence, if I was in your shoes, that would end the story there. Seriously. I, I just, I, I'm like, seriously, exactly. Yeah. yeah I, you can't get over that. I mean, I don't, I don't, first of all, alcohol can't excuse everything. You, I mean. Thank you for saying that because I was going to say, unless somebody slipped her something in her drink, you remember what you did. Like you a know. Rufus? Yeah, like if they roofied her. Unless they, yeah, they slipped her some something. Um, unless that happened, you know what you're doing. Exactly. And I think too many times people put on alcohol. Right. But to, to, if you are with you, man, and you're a nice woman, no matter how tipsy no. you are, Seriously. you're not going to French kiss another dude. No. It's just, it's just, I could be drunk with my husband somewhere, and if David Beckham walks in, I'm not going over and making out with him as much as I want to. Ex- and well said, Angie. <laughs> exactly, because you love your husband. Right. You love the, 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 the sanctity of, of, of being married. Right. So even being in a relationship, you just don't French kiss some dudes because you're a bit tipsy. Thank so you. it's a dumb. 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 I agree. Dumb. Come on, Terrence. And then you got to fight over it. Oh. Yeah, forget even the fighting. I mean, I mean, I would think about David Beckham later when we got home. But no, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't do anything there. So there you go, Terrence. Good luck to you. Thanks, Terrence. Hey, yes. Simon, when we come back, we you touched on something earlier in the show that we didn't get a chance to talk about. We were reading a list about birth order, and you mm-hmm. mentioned your parents. And I want to get back to that okay. when we return on The Rendezvous. This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. Simon Marcel, mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this back up because we were talking earlier about family dynamics mm-hmm. and how it shapes who you are as a person and your, how you carry yourself in your relationship. And I don't think a lot of people you know, that listen to the show know your background. I mean, they listen to the show, Simon, oh, Simon's from France. I can mm-hmm. hear the accent. But your family, you were talking about how you were the middle child. There's three yep. kids. Yep. Your family is like the Kennedys of France. Your father is this famous intellectual, you know, you know, very big with human rights. Your mother is a renowned feminist. When I found out who your mother was, I downloaded one of her books right away. I mean, I'm just so impressed mm-hmm. with who she Thank is. You. I want to know what that Family die. I mean, because talk about completely different worlds. I mean, I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. We grew up poor. I come from a broken home, and you had this amazing upbringing. What was that like, and how does that shape you in relationships? Well, thanks for the kind word of my parents. I mean, it's true. My mom, Elizabeth, is maybe the most influential feminist in in France and Europe, right? And wrote many books. Uh, one of them is champion Mother's for Law, women. Yeah, champion for women. Yeah. Really, they say, you know, and my father, who's a senator and, and was a lawyer, abolished death penalty mm-hmm. in 1981. So, he abolished the death penalty in France. Yes, in 19- I think that is amazing. Because of him, we don't behead people anymore. And that used, that was, you know, you yeah, think back guillotine. to history and yes. literature and you've heard all about that all the time. The, yes, exactly. So I saw that. I saw them fight. And I owe everything to my parents. Um my personality, my joy of life, my calmness, my strength, and in everything I am, I owe to my parents. So I, I, I think of them all the time. You ask, how was it growing up? Right? It was different than yours. Mm-hmm. Um, it was different because my parents uh, were loved by half of the French people politically and hated by the other half. Isn't that crazy? So there was a bomb in my house uh, when I was seven. I mm-hmm. almost died that day. Me and my brother and sister were alone. Three bombs exploded. We survived. My parents were at the movies. There were bodyguards. I had Secret Service agent. 
uh, all my youth, um, and we had a nice home, but there was always that constant insult over my last name. Right. Uh, people would at school fight me, would, would headbutt people. It was just, it was very violent because they hated my father. So what happened is there were five of us, my brother Benjamin, younger brother, my sister Judith, and my father Robert and my mother Elizabeth, we were five of one hand. Ah, you know, five fingers of one hand. Five fingers of one hand. That was us, the cinq doigts de la main, the five fingers of one hand. And we, we saw hate, we saw violence, we saw love, we saw admiration. And now, of course, as my parents are older but still alive, you know, there's more admiration than, than anything else. And what happened is that I was so impressed by the way they succeeded, I think it made me also want to come to America to make my own life, my own career, my own choices. Mm -hmm. I think they were too big for me to be in France. And so that's why I'm here. But your parents also, you know, they were. it's amazing when you are so passionate about a cause and an amazing cause like human rights, women's rights, that you're, both oh, of sure. your parents fought for that, that oh. there are people on the opposite act, end of the spectrum that will fight just as passionately about the other side yeah. and having to go through that and, you know, they're half loved and half hate. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's made you such a uh, an amazingly balanced, I think, diplomatic person in your own right. It did. And there was one thing, Angie, that, and you said in your home, you know, with your mom and dad, you know, well, not your dad, but mostly your mom and things and your stepfather was very difficult and mm-hmm. violent. Well, my parents never yelled at me, never slapped me, uh, never had to discipline me. My father would just talk so calmly and coldly when he was upset, would go straight back to the room and study. Mm. And so I owe this personality of mine to my parents. I owe them everything. It's true. And you have a calm demeanor. Because of that. Because I felt so safe in the house of my childhood. See, and I'm riddled with anxiety and I snap at... (laughs) And I don't fight. But it's I don't. I fight dirty. It's what I was raised with. And even knowing it, and even knowing where it comes from, it's hard to shake. You know the way you are from how you were brought up and what you saw with your parents. And and my mom made us feel like the center of the universe when we would go talk to her in her office upstairs in in the, in the condo. And after school, she would talk to me, my brother, my sister for an hour each. Let's say mm-hmm. you know three hours every night about how was school and everything. But she was so calm, and her blue eyes were so beautiful. It was it's, it's it's I miss I miss all these days, but I think I carry with me what they gave me forever in my heart. Oh, and, and you always will. And always, that's why it's it's a unique childhood, and and uh, I'm glad you asked the question. It it changed it's, me. It's so interesting. Thank you for telling us all about it too, You're because I can hear that story a thousand times, and it never gets old. What a team you and I, Angie. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, frickin' frack, completely opposite. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. But hey, we represent all. You know, we're every yes, end of the spectrum, that is true. right? That is okay. So true. More when we come back on The Rendezvous. We're going to tell you how you can go see J-Lo backstage in Vegas coming up on The Rendezvous. This is The Rendezvous with Simon and Angie. So you need to get over to our website today. We had an amazing show. Talked a lot about family and how that shapes you in Mm -hmm. your relationships, your upbringing, your siblings, Mm -hmm. your parents. It's where you learn about everything. Simon, you had a great Simon Says in that. Yes. My father always said, in my family... We are five fingers of one hand. You are a unit. So that's what it meant. We are my mom, my dad, and the three of us. You're all individuals. Rain but... or shine, mm-hmm. yes. And and I think I still remember I said in French, mes enfants, nous sommes les cinq doigts de la main. 
my kids, we are five fingers of one hand. That's so together cool. Together as a family. I love that saying. What a great way to, to think about your, your family. Isn't it? It is. And if you want to hear the rest of that story, Simon told us all the amazing details of his family and his upbringing. And those are all on the podcast at simonandangie.com. Also over at simonandangie.com. you got to go get signed up. We want to send you to Vegas. Vegas. See J-Lo. You go backstage and meet her for her All I Have uh, residency. It's at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. We send you there. Round trip airfare. Two night stay. Tickets to see J-Lo. And you go backstage and meet J-Lo. How amazing. Enter at simonandangie.com. You can see Simon's FYI uh-huh. shows In there as well. With Simon. Uh-huh. And listen to anything you might have missed on The Rendezvous as well. Simon, amazing evening. Thank you, Angie. And now's the night. Yes. And thanks for being on The Rendezvous. Bonne nuit, Angie. Bonne nuit. The Rendezvous Show with Simon Marcel and Angie Taylor.